Managing your law practice can be challenging. Marketing, time management, attracting clients, and all the things besides the cases that you need to do that aren't billable. Welcome to this edition of the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. This is where you'll get the information you need from expert guests and host attorney Rodney Dowell here on the Legal Talk Network. Welcome to the On Billable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast, helping attorneys in their practice, especially solo or small firms. We're glad you could listen today on the Legal Talk Network. I'm Rodney Dow, Director of the Massachusetts Law Office Management Program, offering free consultations to Massachusetts attorneys to improve their business practices. You can find out more about our program at MassLOMAP, M-A-S-S-L-O-M-A-P dot org. And you can find one of our many articles about law office management at MassLOMAP blog, the law practice advisor, MassLOMAP.blogspot.com. There you'll also find a blog roll featuring the best law practice management blogs in the country. And this program note to welcome our sponsor, the fine folks at Abacus Law, A-B-A-C-U-S. LAW.com. Today, we are speaking with two of my colleagues, Reed Trouts, Director of the American Immigration Lawyers Association's Practice and Professionalism Center, and Dan Pennington, Director, Practice Pro at the Lawyers Professional Indemnity Company in Toronto. They are co-authors of The Busy Lawyer's Guide to Success. This excellent book provides essential tips to lawyers to run a successful practice. Dan and Reed, I appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Thanks, Rodney. Thanks, Rodney. We're excited uh, to be here and kind of provide a quick run-through of some uh, New Year's resolutions for everybody out there. Uh, We're at the start of a new year, and it's always a good time for reflection and renewal, and out with the bad and in with the good. Uh, One of the tips collections in our book highlights several resolutions every lawyer should make for a safe and profitable new year. Uh, we kind of updated those resolutions for uh, 2010 and include uh, some tips uh, specifically to help everyone shake off the blues of 2009 and make the coming year your most successful uh, ever. Reed, why don't you give us the first resolution? Thank you, Dan. I, I think the first one for this year is for lawyers to embrace social media, to learn about LinkedIn and Facebook and other tools out there like YouTube. Now, you know, this kind of social networking is not the end-all and be-all for, you know, every single law practice. I, I don't think you have to go out there and hire consultants to do this, but lawyers should start out by going and learning the basics. Uh, they should create profiles on LinkedIn and even Facebook uh, search for their connections, you know, their friends and their colleagues to to connect to them on their profile, and then to to begin posting updates about your practice and professional life. And I say this because 2009, I think, really showed that that the social media, the social networks, have come out of just uh, being something for twenty somethings and teenagers. There really is a professional purpose to these things. And it's time that we as lawyers embrace that. And if you've already gotten on that train and you're already into the networks and you have profiles and you've been doing this, ramp that up a bit. Go on and really learn to connect to new people 
and to explore through your network to see if there's others that can really bring in business. This is a great new marketing technique to be involved in, and 2010 is the year for all lawyers to uh, go deeper into this new type of practice marketing. So that's my first tip, Dan. How about yours? The second resolution is to uh, beware of bad check fraud. Uh, lawyers are being targeted on bad check frauds in, in record numbers these days. Everyone should be alert and not be a dupe. The fraudsters will pose as legitimate clients on collection matters, business finance uh, matters, mortgage loans, or even uh, spousal child support uh, collection, family law type matters, and, and they target lawyers. The ruse is very, very simple. Trick a lawyer into running a counterfeit certified check or bank draft through their trust account. The client will be uh, in a rush, uh, will set everything up so it looks like they need the monies right away. The fraudster then gets legitimate funds out of the lawyer's trust account, and the lawyer is stuck with either dealing with uh, other clients' trust funds having disappeared or uh, a personal... uh, uh, overdraft in dealing with the bank because there was no money in the uh, trust account to cover the money that uh, uh, was dispersed. Be aware the shortfalls here uh, can be very large, typically uh, mid-six figures. You should take some time to learn about the different fraud scenarios, more importantly, the red flags that will warn you if you're handling a matter that uh, uh, is a fraudulent uh, one. Uh, There's loads of information on uh, the types of frauds, how they work, and the red flags to watch out for on uh, the practicepro.ca website, P-R-A-C-T-I-C-E-P-R-O dot C-A. Over to you, Reid, for the third resolution. Hey, and I just want to say that we're seeing this expand in the immigration practice as well. A lot of the bank drafts will be international ones, uh, counterfeit uh, from international banks, so beware. Uh, Third tip is don't just say you're going to start a marketing plan this year. Do it. And as part of that marketing plan, you can refer to tip number one. But a marketing plan really helps you organize your time and your efforts so that it's not just sort of this shotgun approach to marketing. And that marketing plan does not have to be complex or really difficult to implement. It has to be practical and realistic so that it helps you schedule your time to say, this is how I'm going to approach my marketing. This is how I'm going to approach potential new clients this year. This is how I'm going to stay in touch with current clients or past clients to help bring their business back into my my practice. Now, we've got a, a plan that we outline in our book. It's very simple. It just takes a couple of pages, and it's a, it's a great place to start. But if you uh, haven't done that, You really need to say, where do my clients come from? What kinds of clients do I like? And how can I better communicate with those? Write down on your calendar appointments to yourself to spend time marketing. And again, not just shotgun marketing, but planned marketing activities that you can then look and see and go back over 2010 and say, look at the efforts that I've done. And I really think that those efforts will pay off late in this year or early in 2011. So start a marketing plan this year. Tip number four. 
Next up, I want you to book your vacation this year right now. Everyone needs some downtime. At the end of the call, I want you to grab your hard copy calendar or open your Outlook calendar, whatever you use, and block off two weeks together or two one-week blocks at some point this year. Uh, Note that health experts say a two-week vacation is best. Uh, Get your spouse, partner, or significant other to block off the same dates in his or her calendar as well. Now for the key part. Those dates are sacred. Don't book anything uh, over there or, or cancel them. If you don't block those dates off now and keep them clear, you'll never get the holiday your mind and body needs. I unplugged totally over Christmas, and it was very uh, restful. Even managed to uh, stay away from the email inbox for a while, and I came back rather uh, relaxed and rested uh, up. I encourage everyone to take a vacation and unplug at some point of the year. And if you can do it, leave the BlackBerry at home when you go on your vacation. Next up, read. Uh, uh, great one. Got got to unplug at some points in time. Uh, the next tip is really to. Spend time in 2010 to evaluate your your fee structure and your retainer requirements. Uh, I know lawyers have, uh, and this really is twofold. One, lawyers have really not raised rates over the last several years, uh, and I understand that. But many have not raised their minimum retainer requirements for quite some time, and so what we're seeing is that you know the matter gets get started with the basic retainer, and then there's no replenishing in that. And so um, lawyers are left with sizable accounts receivable. So look at those retainer requirements and say, what what do I really need to get this matter started? What do I need from the client so that they're committed to this legal work as much as I am? And you may have to raise those retainer requirements. I think it may take a little more time, but to look at your fee structure and say, what are we really asking our clients to pay for? I think a lot of times we we take shortcuts. And, and for example, in a trust and estates practice, we might say, well, to the, we might say to the client, well, I can give you your last will and testament, a trust, a power of attorney, and a medical directive for X dollars. So what we're really saying to them is, I can I can create these paper documents and it will cost you X. Rather than looking at the client and saying, we can protect your family, we can protect you, your estate, from government intervention, taxes, and we can prevent many family squabbles that might come up upon death. And we do that for a reasonable sum. So instead of talking about the paper that you would create as a lawyer, we need to look at it and talk to the client about what we give them for the value of their dollar. And that's not easy to really make that transition when we're discussing our fee and our fee structure with clients. So it may take some time to really sort of practice that. Um, and so you want to analyze it and you want to revise that and incorporate that approach over time. And I think it will pay off in clients who really understand, uh, I should say potential clients who now understand what value you can provide and they're more likely then to hire you. Uh, it's it, it's not going to be done over uh, you know a couple of days, but I would target that to complete by mid-year. Dan? Okay, next up, uh, deal with the all-important uh, client service. Remember that happy clients are far less likely to complain 
and less likely to sue you for malpractice. Everybody should make a resolution to improve their client service this year. And we're going to run through a list of uh, what uh, we think are the 11 things that uh, many lawyers do that most annoy uh, clients. How many do you think you can name? How many do you think happen in, in your office? As Reed goes through this list, ask yourself, do any of these things ever happen in my office? Be honest now. Reed. And these are the 11 things that really annoy clients most. Number one, not returning phone calls. Not replying to emails. Making clients wait in the reception area. Ignoring client-staff incivility, uh, disagreements between clients and staff. Name-dropping to impress others. Not taking time to clarify some of the issues for clients. Not delivering on promises of performance. And not delivering on a promised outcome. Not communicating during long periods of inactivity. Failing to be prepared for a client meeting, appointment, or court date. And finally, sending a very large bill without warning or explanation. Those are the 11 things that we've found that we've listed in our book that really make clients mad and degrade the attorney-client relationship so that clients just start to mistrust you and not have the respect for your services, for your office, for your staff. And by avoiding those things, by taking a look at your practice and saying, what can we, how can we reduce or eliminate these things, you're going to have happier clients a better practice, and reduce the likelihood of disciplinary complaints or malpractice claims. Well, that's a great list. I, I got to tell you guys, those are things that I see with attorneys all the time. Uh, and I'm sure that you both uh, consult with attorneys uh, on that entire list uh, con- constantly. Um, what, just to follow up a little bit on that, do you, what, how do you suggest attorneys go about implementing uh, any of those? I mean, what's the steps that one has to take to actually put these into practice? Uh, Rodney, I think the, the, the biggest thing uh, and the best way to approach it is to, at some point during the day or a week, just say, walk into your practice and walk in as if you're a new person. Walk in as if you're a new client, somebody who hasn't seen, and look around in a new way. Don't just, you know, you know, grab your messages from the front desk and walk to your office. What, is, what does the office look like? What does it feel like? Okay, sit down in the reception room for a little while, okay? And, and look at all those things that are going on around you. And then ask staff to do the same thing, okay? And get feedback from them on what they're seeing. And finally, you know, it's always welcome to ask good clients about those same issues and, and sit down and say to them, what could we improve? Where are we letting you down? And if you want to do a client questionnaire for all your clients at the end of the case or during long cases, feel free to do that as well. Clients appreciate that you're asking for their feedback and you'll appreciate getting good feedback. Excellent. Um, I think, yeah, I think we, Rodney, we, we also hear from lawyers that change is hard, uh, especially big changes when you're trying to deal with them when you're otherwise busy uh, with clients. So one of the tricks that we frequently tell, tell uh, lawyers to think about is, 
identify the smaller things, take small steps to get those smaller tasks done. As Reed mentioned earlier, put the bigger things in your calendar to make sure you block off time to get them done. At the end of the day, baby steps will get you there and can affect big changes and have a positive impact on your practice and its profitability. It's kind of like not expecting to be able to go out and run a marathon the first day. Great analogy. Right. It's the small steps. Yep. Small steps. Start start to walk before you run. And put time on your calendar to, to, you know, practice for that marathon. And just um, one of you've both mentioned uh, blocking time on your calendar. Can you explain one of you what exactly you mean by that concept? I'll, I'll take that. It's just making appointments for yourself, just like clients will come in and make an appointments on your calendar. Put that time on your calendar. Um, you may do it on a daily basis or maybe several times a week, but it's time that with yourself to make these improvements. And that could be an hour. It might be a two-hour block of time on Friday afternoons when you really don't feel like doing other work. Invest that time in yourself. Invest that time in your practice. Great. Well, I appreciate it. I think a lot of people don't understand what that concept is. Uh, and I think it's very helpful to explain it. Um, before we, we finalize the interview here, I just have to kind of give my own little tip here, uh, which is I think it was about three years ago that I saw both of you speaking at the ABA's tech show uh, in Chicago, which is an annual event. And I believe that you are both speaking in the ABA tech show 2010. Is that correct? Uh, we'll be there. All right. Can you uh, tell the listeners a little bit about when that is and what they could expect if they attended that that show also? That will be coming up the last weekend in March in Chicago. Uh, I believe the dates are the 25th through the 27th. And it's a, always a great conference, not only for learning technology, but learning new ways to adapt technology and to network with other lawyers from all across the country. You can find out more at techshow.com. Great, great. Well, I appreciate it. And I have to say, uh, watching you both and reading your book has been a a real learning uh, experience for me also. And I've been able to put an incredible amount of uh, useful uh, tips, I mean, take those, those useful tips that you've provided and put them into service for myself. And I think that attorneys would be well uh, uh, served to do the same. So let me uh, just say, I think when it's time for us to, to take a break in, in this show and uh, have to say a very special thanks to both Dan Pennington and Reed Trouts for appearing with us today. Can you, uh, Reed, tell us a little bit about or tell our listeners where they could go to learn more about your book and about uh, where they might be able to contact you? Certainly. And thank you for having us here today, Rodney. We really do uh, appreciate it. We really do enjoy your podcast. Um, Our book is The Lawyer's Guide to Success, The Busy Lawyer's Guide to Success, Essential Tips to Power Your Practice. It's available on Amazon. We also have a companion blog if you want to uh, learn more or to get a hold of us. Our companion blog is LawyerSuccessTips.com. Great. And Dan, could you tell the listeners where they might be able to contact you if they uh, wanted to follow up on the discussion? Uh, Sure. You can contact me through LawyerSuccessTips.com as well, or uh, the blog that uh, I uh, uh, operate for my role here at LawPro, helping lawyers avoid malpractice claims, and that's AvoidAClaim.com. Great. 
Well, thank you very much. We need to take a short break now. When we return, we will be joined by the founder of Abacus Law and author, Attorney Judd Kessler. Thank you. Law School taught you about laws, courts, and cases. But running a successful law practice in today's market demands you know much more. Technology recommended just a few years ago is now dangerously out of date and could put your firm at serious risk. For a free demo on how to use today's technology to help you and your practice, visit abacuslaw.com slash technology. That's abacuslaw.com slash technology. See you today. You'll be glad you did. Want to tell a national audience about your latest successful verdict or large settlement case? We'll produce a video interviewing the prevailing attorney and distribute it online on the Legal Talk Network. Put the video on your firm's website, too. Call us at 781-551-9960. That's 781-551-9960. Welcome back to the Unbillable Hour on the Legal Talk Network. I'm Rodney Dowd, joined by Judd Kessler, founder of Abacus Law, this show's sponsor. We will be discussing the advantages of using a case management software program in your law office. Judd, I am a huge proponent of attorneys using integrated client practice management software programs. However, many attorneys that I work with are using Outlook, Google Calendar, or Yahoo Calendar, and such like. Why shouldn't they continue to use these programs such as Outlook or other PMs, personal information management tools, or office suites that they already have and know how to use? Well, Rodney, that's a great question. And Outlook is a great program for what it does. And that's exactly the reason it actually hinders your practice, because you end up using a tool primarily designed for handling email instead of a tool primarily designed for managing a law practice. You know the old saying, when your only tool is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So when we first started in this, we saw people, the first first thing that attorneys get, they've got to get their documents done. So the first piece of software they buy is a word processor, and often that's part of a Microsoft Office suite, which includes Outlook, so they figure they got Outlook for free. So they're using their word processor, and what do they do with it? The first thing they do with it is they create the legal documents they use. The next thing is, well, I might as well generate my bills using this. So they're using a word processor instead of a time and billing program. Uh, and they're using the word processor not only to keep track of, of time and, and create invoices for clients, but also to create a calendar and keep important calendar events. Now, you can do it, but you're going to run into serious problems down the road. Today, lawyers can get software that's tailored for their specific practice area. So if you practice in the area of estate planning, you're going to have screens that come up that ask things like the trust type and the size of the estate. If you practice in an area, uh, let's say, uh, family law or personal injury, those screens are going to look entirely different. A personal injury screen might have on it medical costs and property losses and wage losses. So what you see when you bring up your integrated practice management system uh, as opposed to what you see when you bring up Outlook or a calendar uh, in, in Outlook or an email in Outlook or a contact in Outlook is entirely different. And that gets down to efficiency. That gets down to return on investment. So oh, almost every practice management system made for lawyers today integrates with Outlook for Outlook's email capabilities. And that's as far as you want to go with, with using Outlook 
use the proper tool for the job. Use Outlook for email. Use Word for word, word processing. Some lawyers still use WordPerfect, so we integrate with that. Uh, for time and billing and accounting and practice management, you need a specific integrated program designed for law practices, and that's that's where Abacus Law comes. And I think that's a great uh, just a risk management tool. Um, but one of the one of the hot topics today also is cloud computing or web-based software. Can you tell me why attorneys, in your opinion, uh, would want to use web-based programs or would want to use an in-office software instead? I think that's where the world's going. I agree with you. Eventually, we'll all be using everything in the cloud. But uh, not a month goes by that we don't hear about some security breach that results in uh, private data, including Social Security numbers and credit card information being compromised. How do you explain that to your client? You know, if you're a financial institution, you've got a staff of security experts continuously monitoring attempted security breaches so they can be blocked before they're successful. If you're that big a law firm, great. Otherwise, do you want to take that risk? So our law firm customers don't want to take that risk. You know, even if you're as big as Google, did you just read this week where uh, they've announced they're seriously considering pulling out of China because they've detected serious, you know, strenuous attempts to hack their servers by the Chinese? So unless you've got a team of people, so that's just one aspect, the security aspect. And I don't think most attorneys want to take that risk and have to explain to the client or or worse, in a malpractice suit, the judge, uh, well, I just used the cloud-based system, and uh, no, I don't know anything about security and and encryption, and uh, I don't have a security expert monitoring our our routers and our servers. So that's problem number one. Problem number two Imagine your entire law office being idled because the Internet is down. So the service could be great. The software could be fantastic. The weak link is what happens when your, when your DSL modem goes out or when your, you know, your, your cable is down. So you want secure, reliable, instant access to your cases and, and all of your data at all times. This is just not available online yet. Ever try to reach a website that you just can't get to? Or if you can, you can't. You know, you can't get. You can get onto the uh, the internet, but you can't get through to the site for some reason. It just won't load. It's not coming up. And there's lots of reasons for that. So if your data's in your office and your computer goes down, you have another one that you can access it with. You go to another workstation, or you use a, a backup that uh, either is on a, a separate uh, disk, or you could restore. Uh, there's not that much data compared to today's uh, media. So it's, it's easy to get to. Someday, you'll have the required reliability and redundancy with online. And when that day comes, Abacus will be offering an online solution. Great. And I think that's a, that's a great explanation of, of those concerns. One of the other things that you mentioned during your, our first discussion was uh, the return on investment. Can you tell our listeners what the return on investment would be for them when using your Abacus Law software? You know, that's an excellent question. Believe it or not, uh, in the 26 years we've been doing this, not a single attorney has ever asked that question. You want to know why? Why is that? Most attorneys don't buy software like Abacus until they have a problem. Typically, they've missed a deadline. They've misplaced important information. uh, They've overlooked a conflict of interest and have to return a fee. Or 
you know, they need to get their bills out efficiently and, and they've run into some problem doing that. And when they are at that moment of truth, the only thing important to them is to solve the problem at an affordable price. Now, here's, here's the hidden truth. It's not the initial cost of a product that makes the significant difference on a return on investment calculation. There's two parts to return on investment. There's return and there's investment. So it's not even the ongoing maintenance cost or upgrade cost over the life of the software. The investment is going to be similar for all competitor products. So it really gets down to it's the return, not the investment, that's going to make a huge difference. And you get the biggest return by having software that's specifically designed for your type of practice, software that replaces multiple steps of manual paper-based system with one or two clicks on the computer. For example, and I can go on with example after example. I know our time <laughs> is short. Uh, client calls, wants to know when his deposition is. How is that handled in a typical law office? Well, first of all, the, the receptionist or the secretary answering the phone says, uh, well, that's, that's Attorney Smith's case, and I'll transfer you to Attorney Smith's secretary. And you talk to Attorney Smith's secretary, and maybe she says, well, I'll have to, I'll have to pull the file and look that up for you. And uh, I think the file's in Attorney Smith's office, and he's in with a client, so you'll have to wait. So one excuse after another, whereas with offices that have abacus, that call is handled by the receptionist, who instantly goes in and says, uh, yes, Mr. Jones, thanks for calling the law office. Let me get that information for you right now. A couple of clicks, you bring up Mr. Jones's record, you click on his case, you see the whole events list. In there, you see when the deposition's rescheduled for, and you let them know right then and there. You've avoided wasting three people's time, and you've satisfied the client better than any, any other way possible. So there's the biggest return on investment. You're actually improving client communication while you're saving time. Absolutely. Client communication, client satisfaction, and now everybody's much more efficient. And look what we've done. I mean, you can't bill for taking a call and transferring it to one person and another and taking a message, et cetera, and not, and not giving the client an answer. So we've taken what was unbillable time and we've turned it into productive time. Oh, great. I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, be with us today, Judd. And uh, it, that's uh, I, it, it's exactly what I am always preaching to attorneys that I'm going out to is uh, save save time, buy something that's uh, meant to uh, provide a legal integrated man case management system, so you can do go open one piece of software and complete all the projects. Uh, you need to complete and have the information in front of you that you need to have to do your job. Well, we try to make Abacus Law do it all. That's great. We really appreciate that. Well, that wraps up this edition of the On Billable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. Very special thanks to uh, Judd. And Judd, can you tell us quickly where listeners can go to find out more about Abacus Law? Very simple. Go to abacuslaw.com. Everything you need is right there, or uh, including the 800 toll-free number right there on the top of the website. Now, if I remember right, you also have a startup kit or something on there. Is that true? We absolutely do. We have uh, a vast array of resources for firms, whether they're starting or whether they're in a specific field. We have technology guides 
specialize for different areas of practice as well. That's great. Those are those, and I got to tell the listeners, I've looked at those, and those are great resources. Uh, you should take the time to go to abacuslaw.com and look at those resources and look at the product. It's a great product. And the best part is, all those resources are free. So we're happy to help out any way we can. That's great. We really appreciate that. Well, finally, to uh, wrap this up, you can find out more about me, Rodney Dow, at masslowmap.org, and you can go to our blog at masslowmap.blogspot.com, or follow me at Twitter at Rodney Dow, where I hope we can continue this discussion in 140 characters or less. Remember, you can also find this podcast and all Legal Talk Network shows at LegalTalkNetworks.com and iTunes, where you can subscribe to this show and all Legal Talk Network shows. Special thanks to our gracious sponsor, Abacus Law. Take the time to go to its website, which is packed full of excellent resources. We will see you next time on the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast with Attorney Rodney Dowell. Join us again for the next edition right here on the Legal Talk Network. Learn by doing with Practicing Law Institute's award-winning on-demand interactive programs. Developed by experts in learning design, these immersive programs incorporate the latest in research-based instructional design and technology, allowing you to try out concepts, challenge yourself, and grow your skills using real-world scenarios. With programs focusing on professional development, client-facing skills, and law practice management, you can earn CLE while you learn. Launch now at pli.edu interactive or download PLI's mobile app.